Not Pastor Rebin's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you this morning for your word. Our hearts are open. Our ears are receptive. And our spirits are wide open to hear what the Spirit of God is going to say to us. And so I pray that you will use me as a vessel unto honor, fit for the master's use. Because you love your people so much, you're going to use me to feed them. And so I thank you now for the Holy Spirit taking over. That they won't hear words that come from a man, they will hear words that come from God. And Father, these words will be full of life. These words will be full of hope. These words will be full of direction and it will position us to live better lives so that we can prove to the world that not only you are real, but Jesus didn't die in vain. He actually died so we can have a more than abundant life. And so we thank you now for receiving and believing in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. We're in a series entitled Matters of the Heart. Everybody say Matters of the Heart. And the goal of this series is to show you how powerful your heart is and then apply some principles that will help you live a better life. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, instructs, or instru- it instructs us to guard our hearts with all diligence because it is the source from which life flows. The today's English version of that scripture says, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to get rid of that stinking thinking. Amen. I even love the living Bible translation. It says, above all else, guard your affections for they influence everything else in your life. And so today's message, even though it's different on the CD, is entitled Influences of the Heart. Influences of the Heart. And sometimes you have to hear things that you may already know, but sometimes you need a heart checkup. That's why you go to the doctor, to get a checkup sometimes. And uh, in Hebrews 2.1, you don't have to turn there. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And sometimes we can know something, but we're slipping. Write down 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. It says, ever learning and never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. In other words, you can come to church and learn something, but never walk in the truth of it. And the only reason that happens is when we come in here and not have an open heart. 
to the Lord. Can you say amen to that? So I want you to find uh, Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 8. Deuteronomy 28. And then I want you to find uh, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 27. That was Hebrews, I mean Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 8. And then I want you to find Proverbs chapter 19, verse 27. Now, we've already given the definition for what the, what the heart is. It is the inner man, which includes your thoughts, your will, and how you feel. The heart is the center of your thoughts, your passions, your desires, and your appetites. And we found out and discovered that our hearts are where we believe, and that's why our hearts are so important. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, I'm still reviewing, it says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe, everybody say believe, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Verse 10 says, for with the heart man believes. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you believe with your heart. Amen. And so uh, when I woke up, the word influence just came. And, and uh, that's why I changed my whole sermon. And so I want to give you the definition of influence because we're, we're talking about things that influence the heart. The word influence, when you look it up, it means a compelling force that affects our actions, behavior, and opinions. I'm going to say that again. Influence. Everybody say influence. It means a compelling force that affects our actions, our behavior, and our opinions. Now, there are three major ways in which our hearts are influenced. I'm not going to give you all three right up front, but I'm going to tell you, here's the first one. You can write it down. Who you know, or the company you keep, or another way of saying it is who you conversate with on a regular basis. But if you want to just use one, is who you know. Now go to Deuteronomy chapter 20, and I'm going to do a lot of reading here because I just want to read the context. But see, what most people don't know is who you know and who you are around is actually taking you up or pulling you down. They're either helping you walk in faith or they're actually helping you walk in fear and in rebellion. Amen. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, I'm going to look in verse 1. It says, when you go into battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people that are more than you. He says, don't be afraid of them. I don't know who God's talking to right there. He says, but there, there's more for you than who's against you. It says, for the Lord your God is with you, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Verse 2. And it shall be when you come close unto the battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. So this, this is what the pastor or the preacher or the, the priest in that case was supposed to say. And you shall say unto them, hear, O Israel, you approach this battle unto uh, you approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not and do not tremble. Don't even show that you are scared. Man, when I was growing up, even if you couldn't fight, you better act like it. Because see, before a fight, there's kind of like a stare down. Well, 
What you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? He said, don't even show as if you are afraid. Verse 4. For the Lord your God is he that goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. What man is there that has built a new house and has not dedicated it? He said, let him go return to his house lest he die in the battle and another man dedicates it. We're talking about in battle now. Then it says in verse 6, and what man has planted a vineyard but yet not have eaten from it? Let him go back home lest he die in the battle and another man eats it. Verse 7, if a man has married a wife and has not taken her, if you don't know what that means, see me after service. Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle, and another man take him. Now, here's the verse I want you to see. And the officers shall speak. These are the leaders of this group. They shall speak further unto the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? In other words, if you hear and you scared, He says, let him go and return to his house. And here is why. Because his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. In other words, if you got somebody scared, they will cause fear to come and those who ain't scared. Which means that who you are around affects you. Somebody say amen to that. Go to Proverbs 19 very quickly. Proverbs 19, verse 27. Proverbs 19, 27. Who you are around affects you. And I know you know that. But why are you still hanging around people that used to have your bad, well, they'll have your bad habits that you used to have? Look at verse 27. Now, this is what happened to me. I'll tell you a story about this. Verse 27 says, cease or stop my son. To hear the instruction that causes you to err from the words of knowledge. He said, listen, stop hearing instruction. Stop hearing conversations that's going to cause your heart to err from words of knowledge. I'll never forget. Well, uh, everybody said years ago, years ago when I was single, you know, I was trying to get everybody saved. That was just me. I still do. And so one of my friends was part of a certain denomination. I won't tell you the name of the denomination because I reach a lot of people on podcasts, but I will describe the denomination. They didn't use no music in church. You had to go up sometimes and go up there and confess your sins. How many have figured it out so far? Couldn't wear no pants if you were a woman. I'm going to just stop right there. But what was interesting about my friend who went to this, this kind of church, he listened to music in his car, and it wasn't even Christian music. And he kept inviting me to come to his Bible study because that's what they want to do. They want to try to get you to come, and they, they ain't going to never come to your church. But see, you thinking, okay, I'm going to go to theirs, and they're going to come to mine. They ain't going to come to yours. So finally, I got tired of him bugging me, and I figured, you know what? He see I'm living a Christian life. He can't, he cannot deny that. So I'm going to go ahead and go to his Bible study. And then I'm going to still ask him to come to my church. So I get to this Bible study and, uh, you know, they act like I'm the only one in the room because they talk, talking about hell and you're going to go there and all this kind of stuff. And I, and, and it's like, I know they talking to me. 
And finally, after having lunch with him and all that, because we worked at the same place and all that, finally, through that scripture, the Lord said, Edmund, stop hanging around him. Because he's going to cause you to err from the truth. And you may not see it, but sometimes the devil's, his, his whole reasoning behind bringing some people into your life is to cause you to get off the path of truth. Amen. Go to 1 Corinthians quickly. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. And then I'm going to ask you to go to 1 Corinthians 5. They're, they're in the same book. That's why I'm asking you to go to two scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And then we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11. 1 Corinthians 15 33 says this. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. In other words, let me put it in today's language. Who you hang out with can mess you up. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11, this is what it says. It says, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother... Be a fornicator or covetousness or an idolater or a railer. I'll explain these. Or a drunkard. We know what that one is. Because we got some drinkers in the room. Now, now I don't have a problem. Listen, listen, I believe that anything done in moderation is fine. But if it, if it condemns your conscience, you shouldn't do it. There's certain things I don't do, and I don't do it because of your conscience. See, if somebody has a, a you know, glass of wine, I ain't going to condemn that, but I ain't going to do it. Now, let's just say if I like wine, because I don't like wine, but let's say if I did, and I just decided to exercise my liberty <laughs> at the restaurant where you coming to eat. And I got my little wine in my little glass. I'm talking to somebody right now. And, and I'm just sipping on gin and juice. Uh-huh. And here comes my new member. Hey, pastor, how you doing? You sure look like you having a good time. Now I'm trying to hide my glass. Because, see, the Bible says, if meat offends your brother, don't even eat it in front of him. See, some things you grow out of. You know, the Bible said when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I acted like a child. But then when I became a man, I put it. See, you shouldn't even be coming in late if you married. I'm going to say some of this for next week. Yeah, I got, I got Uncle Jack back there, see. So if none of y'all say amen, I, I, he got my back back there. I know that. No, no. Certain things you got to grow out of when you get married. You got to grow out of having girlfriends and you the, you the husband. Oh, she's just my friend. Oh, he just my friend. I'm going to leave that alone. Somebody said, that's good. Leave that alone. <laughs> now, let me read 
1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 in the NIV version. Let me let you hear this. It says, but now I am writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy. They are an idolater, watch this, or a slanderer, a drunkard, or a swindler. Which such men do not even eat. Man, that's tough, ain't it? And see, what I did, I looked up, uh, I looked up the word slander. And uh, it actually means a person who says rumors full of maliciousness, false, or defamatory statements against someone who has a good name. And see, you may not be doing it, but some people with you might be doing it. How many ever heard of the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the term, uh, and we have police officers in our church, accessory of the crime? How many heard that before? You know what that means? If you was with them, you was in it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. One time, my, my, my parents don't know this story. One time when I was, uh, I, you know, they still don't know stuff about me, you know. It's like they come to church and be like, son, you did that? So we was on our way, you know, we made a day trip, you know, because I used to go to school in East Texas. So, uh, you know, my weed source ran out of weed. This is when I was smoking back in the day. So we decided to make a day trip. And drive to Dallas from East Texas to get some weed and come back. Well, we smoking, man. And my Nova hell smoked like a bong. <laughs> if you don't know what a bong is, don't even worry about it. But I mean, that car was smoky. If you were sitting in the back seat and wasn't smoking, you were still going to get high because it was smoky up in that place. And then I get pulled over by the police. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to somebody right now. And so, you know, all of us smoking. So I'm like, man, light a cigarette up, light a cigarette up. You know, as soon as the cop came, I tried to roll the windows down before he got to me. And all you could see was just smoke coming out of the window. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And I'm hoping all he smelled is cigarette smoke. Now, God spared my soul on that day because he didn't, he didn't say, he didn't smell no, you know, weed. He just pulled me over and gave me another ticket. And that, that was a fourth ticket for the month that, that, that day. My dad told me, you get another ticket, son, I'm taking that car from you. But it's who you hang around. Amen. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 7. Just write it down. This is what it says. It says, go from the presence of a foolish man when you perceive not in him the lips of knowledge. Man, there are some preachers I don't hang around. You know, I was in a meeting with a, with a pastor one time uh, talking about a, a building that we were, you know, you know, this was some years ago that, we, you know, we was looking at a building and he just started cussing. You see that? I'm like, what? Did he just? And I had somebody with me. I was like, did he just cuss? <laughs> well, the pastor or the preacher verified again. He just started cussing again. I'm like, does he think I cuss or something? Because see, some people only do what they do in front of you because they think you do it. 
Oh, no, no, no. You have to understand. See, when I went to Jamaica on vacation, soon, first day, I'm on the beach. And here comes a dude, comes up to me, posing as if, you know, he's selling, uh, what do you call them? Jet skis and everything. But after he found out, you know, hey, I'll do that later. Then his next question was, uh, want some ganja, man? I was like, man, I'm high on Jesus. <laughs> no, y'all think, I, y'all think I'm playing. I really said that. So it's who you hang around. Here's number two. Your heart is influenced by how you think. Here's a take-home statement I want you to write down. Stinking thinking keeps you at the devil level. Stinking thinking keeps you at the devil level. In other words, and I'm not just talking about bad stuff, meaning uh, you doing something wrong. You can just have the wrong kind of mentality and God can't bless you. See, if you're the smartest one in the group, you need to find somebody else to hang out with. You need to be around people who's going to challenge you, who's going to help grow you, who knows more than you, who you can grow from. But if you're at the top of the tree, let me tell you something. You need to find some more people. Amen. A carnal mind keeps us from behaving in a spiritual way. Go to Romans chapter 12 very quickly. Romans 12. Now, you have to blame this message on the Lord because uh, I wasn't going to preach what I'm preaching this morning. You'll see it on the CDs. But see, this is good stuff right here. This is foundational. See, because let me tell you something. Uh, When people die of heart disease or heart attacks, it's because they had problems with their arteries and with their heart and they didn't know it. And so this whole series is designed to help you do a heart check. Amen. Your heart is influenced by how you think. Romans chapter 12, very quickly, look in verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present, you present, you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Watch verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. Don't act like it. Don't look like it. Don't be shaped like it. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, dress and all that. But, but you know, I'm talking about the ways of the world. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed By the renewing, which is continual, of your mind. And when you renew your mind, you will be able to prove what is good, what is acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God. The word renewing there means to renovate. In other words, it's the same structure, but different insides. See, when you get saved, you still got the same body. And you still got the same mind, as a matter of fact. But it's up to us now to take this old mind that's on the inside and transform it into a new mind, new mind with the word. In fact, let me just uh, real quickly go to Ephesians chapter four. Go to Ephesians four. Go to Ephesians four. The way you think keeps you spiritual or worldly. See, that's why it's okay for Christians to be, you know, divorced. That's why. That's okay. God will forgive me. 
See, that's, that's worldly thinking right there. Will he forgive me? Forgive you? Yes. But is it right? No. Especially if there's no biblical reasons for you. To, I know some people who are divorcing after 20, 30 years talking about I'm tired. They probably tired of you too. But you've been on that job 30 years and you haven't quit. Oh, okay, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm telling you, worldly thinking versus spiritual thinking. See, spiritual thinking says, I'm going to adopt my thinking to how God thinks. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. See, because here's the deal. You can put this as a, a, a sub, uh, 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 what do you call it? A sub note or whatever. See, you have to put on the mind of Christ. And then once you put it on, you can't take it off. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Notice, we have to put it off, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, verse 22. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you do what, class? You put on the what? The new man, which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. Write down Romans chapter 13, verse 14. It says, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10 says, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in in knowledge after the image of him that created him. You got to put on this mind. When you wake up in the morning, you got to, man, that armor, you should sleep with that on. Talking about I'm going to wake up, I'm going to put on the armor of God every morning. You better leave it on at night. Because they sung that song growing up called The Freaks Come Out at Night. You better keep that armor on. And you got to put him on. You say, well, Pastor, how you put him on? Okay. Okay. I don't want y'all to see all of my muscles. Don't laugh now. I'm sensitive about that. Okay. This is the mind of Christ. This is the word of God. This is how God thinks. This is what God would do. It's my job to put it on. So now when negative thoughts try to come and contaminate me, I say, oh, no, that doesn't match what I believe. Everybody say, your heart influences how you think. Now, now I'm going to close with this one. Here's, a, here's the big one. I'm going to give you an example. I shared this with our worship team this, this, this week. Your heart is influenced by what you see and what you hear. Go to Genesis quickly, chapter 3. Genesis 3. Are you getting anything out of this morning? I hope so because I stood, I got up early this morning. Genesis chapter 3. Your heart is influenced by what you see and what you hear. And if you can't handle it, you shouldn't listen to it or you shouldn't look at it. Man, when I first got saved, it wasn't no rated R. No, 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 no. Brother man had to go all the way to G. G is... You know, well, G is bad nowadays. PG, well, I don't even know. I didn't put the P in front of G because, I mean, it's bad too. I mean, when I was growing up, they had shows at nighttime 
that just cussed. But during the day, no, 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 you don't have no cussing. Nowadays, man, you can turn it on morning, noon, and night. And hear everybody saying some of everything. Your heart is influenced by what you see and hear. Now, let me give you this principle. Women are generally moved by what they hear. And men are generally moved by what we see. I'm going to show it to you in Genesis chapter 3. Because, see, if you don't get this right here, you'll fall like Adam and Eve did. Because what Eve heard is what made her fall. I'll prove it to you. Look in just Genesis 3 verse 1. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he, what class? Why don't you just circle that word to say it? He said. So that means he's talking to somebody. Let's see who he was talking to. And he said unto who? The woman. Has God what? Said, right, circle that word, said, has God said you shall not eat of the tree of God, of every tree of God? And then, watch this now, because he wasn't just talking by himself. And then the woman, what? Come on, circle that word. The woman said to who? She was talking to somebody she shouldn't have never been talking to. And women are generally moved by what they hear. That's why you can see an ugly dude, even though God don't make ugly people, but some people just look ugly. <laughs> I'm just messing around. And you see them with this beautiful woman because that dude know how to talk. Come on now. How many watch Hip Hop Atlanta? Let me see your hand. Yeah. Y'all know Stevie J? Come on, y'all know, y'all know who watching that. Man, that, that dude just got some talk. All right. Verse 3, but the tr- fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, everybody circle said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4, and the serpent, what? Come on, class. Said, everybody circle said, until too many saids in there. And it wasn't until after he kept talking to her that she looked at what he was talking about and she did it. In other words, she was influenced by what she heard. Now, see, the man, the man ain't like that. Oh, the man don't need to hear nothing. All we need to do is see something. Okay, you think I'm lying? Watch this. Verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she really saw it after he, she heard what he said, and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and she ate it. Watch this now. And she gave it also unto her husband who was with her. She didn't have to say a word. Here you go, honey. And with men, generally, To get your flesh under control, you got to get your eyes under control. And all the women say. Okay, if you're going to say amen, women, you can't be all this now. 
See, I set you up for that one. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, he's worthy to be praised. Come on, clap to the Lord right now. Glory to his name. <laughs> there was a story about a, 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 a young guy who was a youth pastor. This is a true story. He was a youth pastor, and, and his pastor had talk, talk, taught him, look, the second look at a woman will mess you up and, and cause you to sin. So he never took a second look, but he took a long first look. <laughs> I'm out of time. <laughs> Can y'all just clap for me on that? What's the message? Watch who you're around. Watch what you see. Watch what you hear. Because all of that influences how you think. And I think it influences our heart. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning. And you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior.